Hello, and welcome to Thought Pieces, a new podcast from the celebrated art book publishers, Mac. Each week we bring you the best of long-form writing at the intersection of art and literature, written and read by authors at the vanguard of creative practice. This week, writer Ben Lerner reads two prose poems titled The Rose and The Voice, which were published in the book Gold Custody by Barbara Bloom and Ben Lerner in autumn 2021. The Rose At some point, I realized the questions were the same questions. I'm studying implicit race bias and toddlers. I'm tracking the advent of the credit economy. The implications for folk music of the fact that stars don't twinkle, the apparent perturbation of stars as just a fluctuation in the medium, is something we want to understand. We want to understand the way it changes our memories of bedtime, for instance. A green flash, twinkle, twinkle. That's funny, a man in the atrium says. I'm studying the same question in different terms. I'm living out that question as kindly as possible. In fact, that's why I'm here today volunteering. You have to admit the staff is doing an excellent job. Then he sips his tea in a paper cup. Then he describes an experience of defibrillation. The other day I went to see the realignment of a permanent collection. Abstraction had been demoted. I had complicated thoughts about it, which I carried into the winter sun, where I realized that's the same question, pressing my face into her inner thigh, calling a friend in agony. For folk music, the implications are profound. Rhythm shapes feeling. That way abstraction can rise again, rinsed of dominance, a blue rinse for the tradition, little star. Only then is it possible to pose the question, cup the question, blow on it gently. Is recumbency necessary to facilitate analytic revelry? Is your mom really capable of hearing you, given her level of anxiety? To use an example from my own life, I sleep with my head under the pillow. I think it's pretty common for men my age, but do we have a sufficient account of those rhythms of behavior as they spread out across a generation? Now a purpose for the arts comes into focus, leaving a bright halo around the body. The way psychoanalysis lacks an account of nut milks, how the term labor plays about the lips of humanists. I develop predictive technologies for complex scenarios, I slow down popular songs and play them over footage of sunflowers tracking east. That's funny, a man says. When I was a kid, I thought all the skyscrapers were department stores. Imagine the top floors were devoted to toys, and when the towers came down, I kept imagining large stuffed animals in a panic, a few leaping to their deaths. The moon is not the sun at night. How I wonder what you are. Many stones contain small amounts of poison, and the nectarine is no exception. These are things I've never said out loud before. How much his personality depends upon holding a hot drink, a small continuous exhibition of care that contrasts with the viciousness of his speech. Wool has more body than rayon. Or does the tape say viscousness, syntax behaving like a solid providing light and ventilation? As a blue flame spreads across a shallow liquid spill, 
I'm trying to imagine a lullaby that scales. I was taught this printing method in a dream. It contains a hidden counter melody. All I remember from your course, she told me, is that the rose is obsolete. We'd run into each other on the queen's bound G, and I couldn't figure out if I should ask her about the bruising on her neck and face. We emerged out of the tunnel into winter sun, and around her body a bright halo formed. Can I ask you a personal question? Have you ever felt like your speech is being dictated by phonological associations to such a degree that even or maybe especially in your most intimate relationships the content of your utterances is driven by the demands of acoustical shape? This troubles inwardness. This opens onto the problems of consent. Auditory memory traces are subject to rapid decay like a diamond in the sky. Rose was my maternal grandmother's name. Her parents had a small grocery store in Brooklyn. They hired a driver for deliveries who came highly recommended, but, as they learned only after he struck and killed the pedestrian, he had no license. They were sued and lost everything. My great-grandfather went more or less insane. He also suffered from boils. My great-grandmother died from tuberculosis in a sanatorium with concrete floors. Neither spoke English. Rose had to raise her younger brother John in poverty more or less alone. Many years later, John, who by this point was a pioneering anthologist of folk music, was hit and killed by a Hasidic Jew hurrying home for the Sabbath. Late in Rose's life, these two car accidents became confused in her mind. Her father had hired a Hasidic Jew who struck and killed her baby brother. But that's not why I'm telling you this story, she said. When Rose was in an assisted living home in Cambridge, she became convinced that the staff were sneaking into her room and subtly altering her paintings, taking the canvases out of the frames, adding another outline around the apples and pears, restoring the paintings to their places. My cousin would always argue with her, Are you crazy? Who would do such a thing? Nobody is touching your paintings. This went on for around a year until one day my dad, we were all in town for her 90th birthday, got up from his chair, walked to the wall, removed his glasses, inspected the artworks carefully, and said, Well, Rose, you are the one who really knows these paintings. You've had them for 60 years, so if you say they are being manipulated, I'm sure you're right. But you have to admit, the staff is doing an excellent job. How carefully they're reinserting the paper into the frame. No smudges on the glass. Rose thought for a moment. You're right, she said. They are doing an excellent job. And she never complained about the staff again. I think this offers us a model of the art critic, if not an itinerary for art criticism during a crisis and long-term care. Have you noticed how many stories about the power of art are really about the power of institutions, showrooms of the spirit? Here you are, a traveler in the dark. Its most prominent feature is a retractable shell. I prefer the corrosion of metals to the fading of dyes, less the end of an era than its bedtime. Some day, it will have to be told how anti-Stalinism, which started out more or less as Trotskyism, turned into art for art's sake, and thereby cleared the way heroically for what was to come. Nuisance animals climbing honeycomb structures, fentanyl overdose vids. 
I'm studying how glare light scatters in the eye. I'm tracking how expressions of dissatisfaction with the given world can be recuperated by sonic patterning, the bruised idealism of the nectarine. Before a physical confrontation, the girls at my high school used to remove their rings, a ceremony of great solemnity and tenderness, like one of those children's singing games that's also an artifact of pagan survivalism, eccentric circles, clapping, buffoonery, or like a candle visualization relaxation technique designed to counter the gender panic threatening meaningful interdisciplinarity, sample sentences, pop-up affects. We were walking on the beach at sunset, hoping to see a green flash, my cousin was explaining a difficulty in his marriage which he kept referring to as a sticking point. I feel less like I'm living my life, he said, than displaying my life's elements. That he didn't attempt to kill the mosquito that had landed on his arm struck me as an indication of the depth of his depression. It was then that I began to ask, what do the things we spare reveal? Now I ask that at the end of every session. It was then I noticed a gunmetal drone hovering a few feet above us. The atmosphere bends the sunlight, separating the light into its colors, much like a prism bends and splits sunlight into rainbows. That way abstraction can rise again. I told him, I think you're confusing two accidents, those of birth and those of glass. Any long-term relationship is going to involve weeping, crizzling, spalling. If conservators had their way, nothing would ever be exhibited in the atrium. Every minute near sunset, brightness changes by a factor of two, so an error of sixty seconds can do permanent damage. He nodded absently, the fentanyl having its effect. At cloud tops, over distant mountains, Beneath very strong thermal inversions at high latitudes, little star. I can feel it getting away from me, a sense of ripe conditions but not for anything, a sense of oceans and old trees. Then a powerful institution approached a friend of mine about curating an exhibit based on their permanent collection. You can have, they said, free reign. Over the course of a year, she drew up plans for a show organized around the halo. How do depictions of the halo change as pictorial space grows complex? When are the halos light, and when do they possess implied mass? Are some figures aware of their halos, or are they always extra-diegetic? She wouldn't really talk about anything else, even as her partner's condition worsened, but increasingly there were problems with the institution. Shipping, for instance, was a sticking point. The radiant disks have to be continuously irrigated, Sterile ice has to be packed into the cavities. You have to come up with a fair scoring system for pediatric candidates. Finally, we were having our monthly lunch, and she was complaining as ever about the staff when I just kind of blurted out, Emma, it's never going to happen. Olivia, it's never going to happen. Mia, there's just no way. All of the most popular baby names end in A, as in sparkling rosé, wild fennel pollen, stone fruit tossed with salt, bay leaf, and coriander seeds. Think of the head as the lid of a pot holding the flavor of the shrimp inside its body. Isla, Olivia, Aurora, Cora, Ada, Amara, I said as she started to cry. 
The water in our glasses trembled as the G-train passed beneath us, little perturbations in the medium. Someday it will have to be told how spider monkeys, who started out more or less as woolly monkeys, evolved a distinct system of locomotion and thereby cleared the way heroically for what was to come, anonymity networks. Among my friends, at least my guy friends, a return to traditional prosody. But of course, we never talk about me. We talk about whether you're going to get shit on Twitter for folding in the Oriole. Is it better to be sponsored by the diocese or Big Tobacco? Can we secure a couple of big names for the catalog? Bring me up to speed about your volunteer work at the hospital, you say, when the espressos arrive. Meanwhile, your partner is sinking deeper into her memory foam, texting you the latest article about microdosing. Maybe this will help, sad emoji. The self-absorption is staggering. The orator aims to bend the spirit by his speech. Rhythm shapes feeling. I pushed my chair back, a gesture totally unlike me, and threw a couple of twenties on the table. Then I found myself on Fulton Street, dazed in winter sun, more than a little drunk. Only when I dug my hands into my pockets and touched the unfamiliar gloves did I realize I'd taken someone else's black wool coat. But I couldn't just go back into the restaurant after the scene I'd made. I headed towards Fort Green Park and sat on one of the benches near DeKalb. I felt around the pockets of the coat and found a pack of Vogue cigarettes, the slim British ones marketed to women. While I smoked, I looked through the wallet which I'd located in the inside pocket. Cash, cards, dry-cleaning ticket, etc. There was also a piece of brown paper which I unfolded, revealing the following handwritten note in purple ink. I know we've had a difficult year, but I want you to know that I love you. I will always love you. What happened in Denver will never happen again. If anything, it has only clarified for me how important you are to me. I think the way things started was confusing, your being my teacher. And then when my career took off, the dynamic was suddenly reversed. The change was hard for both of us, especially with all the travel. I also see now how it stirred up a lot of stuff from childhood. I just started questioning everything. I'm sure this happens in any long-term relationship, but maybe it's worse now for our generation because of climate change. Anyway, I'm not trying to excuse what I did. I just want you to know that I believe in you and I believe in us and I'm looking forward to the adventures the new year will bring. I looked up from the note with tears in my eyes. A siren receded in the distance. The sun seemed suddenly lower in the sky. A large white dog on a leash brushed against my legs as it passed. All of my anger was gone. The message, I felt, was meant for me. Folk music is for all of us. The voice. Sometimes you have to kill the bee, my father would say. Sometimes you have to press the flower. The proverbs he quoted made at least as much sense to me as the ones my grandmother claimed were Yiddish. Fleas are not lobsters. He can make the dream larger than the night. After my father died, I found that I was using some of these phrases in my own life. I didn't really think about what they meant. Nobody ever asked me to explain them. One afternoon, I was hanging out with Emma. 
She was so careful I didn't worry about distancing. And I said this thing about the bee and flower, and she was like, what are you quoting? What does that mean? They're just sayings, idiomatic expressions, cliches. I don't think so, she said. Where did he learn them? And I told her. And that's when I realized the blue path never curves. That's when I realized or realized in a new way that stars are not steeples. The nouns are interchangeable. The dream that presses the flower spares the bee. Soon we were drinking red wine and googling these sayings I believed connected me to my father and through my father to Ukraine and Judaism, personal and collective histories. In fact, none of them was time-worn. None had circulated. They were just as private nonsense formulations. I felt like laughing and crying simultaneously. My father was a poet. He made a world for me, a toy folk tradition. Where my father was a fraud, how else had he deceived me? Where my father was a comedian, he knew I'd figure it out in the end and find it funny. And I did find it funny. I was laughing in Emma's arms while also shaking with sobs, blowing my nose on her shirt, maybe just missing my ridiculous dad. Outside our window, we could hear the protesters gathering on DeKalb, but that night, we wouldn't join them. Emma started making up her own expressions as she held me, stroked my hair. Seven days from now is not a future. Don't buy a mattress during vespers. One iris is always a different color than the other. At first, her delivery was mock portentous, but then she got into it. There was something hypnotic about it, soothing. When I was half asleep, I half believed that I could hear the protesters chanting the phrases that Emma was coining just for me. We are the glass that plates the wound. The rain enters, the dream is snow, the rose is absolute, a call and response between the whisper in my ear and the people in the streets. Even though it was muffled by a mask, I could pick out my father's voice. You've been listening to Ben Lerner reading two of his prose poems from the book Gold Custody by Barbara Bloom and Ben Lerner, which was published in autumn 2021. To find out more about this book and other titles by Ben Lerner, visit our website at www.macbooks.co.uk. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to stay updated. We'll be back next week 